Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, let's go to the brand of moving and storage hotline. Mr. Murphy is Arkansas seeing... women also won last night. Being oh, yeah. Louisiana Tech 100 to 80. Thank 100 you. to 60. Thank you. Mm. Forgot about that. And I haven't talked about what happened in Conway last night, but I will. Tom Murphy, welcome, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, it was on my alma mater that lost by 40 to the Razorbacks and gave up 100. And um, I went actively ser- searching for that Arkansas volleyball game yesterday, but my new package that I got somewhere doesn't have ESPNU. Very disappointing, so I didn't get the yeah. one. That's ridiculous. Um, well, I, uh, I'm i going to find that uh, volleyball. I guess you can probably find it on the stream, too. That's so. what, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with football, and then we'll delve into the basketball matchup tomorrow, Tom, for Arkansas and Oklahoma. But, you know, portal-wise this week, you know, Arkansas had a couple of losses. Rocket Sanders leaving, and I'll tell you what, around here really did not seem to bother anybody for the most part. It seemed like, uh, A, it was kind of expected because he's going to get an opportunity to get paid elsewhere, and B, I think Arkansas fans feel, or at least the guys around here do, feel good enough about the running backs that are returning that they're not sweating it a whole lot. Um, Agreed on both fronts. Um, Jimmy Smith has done a wonderful job recruiting and retaining the backs, but now they've lost him and A.J. Green. Um, I think it's just recency bias on the first point because he had a tough season. I mean, he dinged up his knee, um, and it wasn't a torn ligament or anything, but it's it's something, and you know, I, I suppose it was a meniscus or something. And it just, you know, we don't know when it got right. You know, we know that he spent some time in Texas. Um, he was away from the team a little bit. Uh, he was on the sideline for some games. And you just didn't really know. In today's game, you, you don't know exactly what's going on. Like, well, how much is he getting paid? How much pressure is there for him to actually play because he's getting paid? And I think it's um, – it's just unfortunate because he's a great kid. He had a huge season. Uh, but now, I mean, you guys were talking about the all-freshman team. I think if Isaiah Augustus had played a little bit more, and we saw late in the year, he was breaking tackles. The same kind of tackles that Rocket and some other guys weren't breaking earlier in the year. He was breaking some late in the year and had big games against Missouri and FIU. If he'd played a little more, he could have been on the all-SEC freshman team, too. So. Yeah, it's just one of those, like, I, I think it came to the point where it's a mutual parting of the ways, and both sides probably admitted that they felt like that was going to happen. Tom, what do you think uh, Coach Petrino, I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him yet, but what he would like to see from a quarterback standpoint, obviously KJ's status is still up in the air. I think we all feel pretty good about Chriswell, and I think he and Coach Petrino could be a good fit together. Uh, any feel for what he would like to have happen at the quarterback position and, and any feel for what's going on with KJ? Right. Well, I haven't talked to him specifically. I mean, we did at the press conference. But he's shown he can adapt to basically a pocket passer in Ryan Mallett and a semi-pocket passer, Tyler Wilson, to a more active dual-threat guy like Lamar Jackson at Louisville, who he helped guide to the Heisman Trophy. So he can do both. And, and I think he can find ways for a Jacoby Criswell um, or anyone else they get in the, in the transfer portal or KJ to be a productive quarterback. I mean, I think, let's just say Petrino had been the offensive coordinator this year. I think we'd have seen a much more efficient K.J. Jefferson. He'd have thrown for more passing yardage. Uh, they would have made the schemes work better. You know, the, the run schemes, he would, have, he would have run for more. 
and his touchdown-to-interception ratio would have been stronger just based on the way Petrino would have fit him into his scheme. So I don't know what the slow play is regarding K.J. I mean, the, the, I think the, the, the best money was on the fact he wouldn't be back. You know, and then it really came down to whether he turned pro, which I think he wanted to do when the season started, or get in the portal. Uh, but it's not a done deal, clearly. And um, even though we feel like we won't see K.J. again, who knows? I mean, um, I think if you go under the Matt Rule rule um, and the going rate for quarterbacks somewhere between $1 million and $2 million, he's probably just kind of feeling out what uh, what's what the system looks like right now. And I don't know if Arkansas – I really don't know what Arkansas might be willing to do from an NIL standpoint. He's been great for the program. Let's never forget that K.J. was great for the program. He just had a tough senior year. Do you think the coaches know what K.J.'s plans are and that's why they're out you know, visiting quarterbacks, bringing a quarterback in from North Texas, or are they just being prepared in case K.J. leaves? I think my guess is they probably have a very strong feel for it. I don't know if it's definitive. I mean, you know, about a week ago there were reports that he's a, he was prepared to, to join the portal, and then he came back and said, hey, I haven't made a decision yet. Um, he's working on Mississippi time, y'all, which, as we know, you know, things can be a little bit slower in Mississippi. So um, we'll see. Even though I think we all feel like he won't be back, uh, they have to prepare themselves. I mean, whether KJ was coming back or not, I think they'd be in the portal trying to get some help at the position. What do you think about the offensive line coach hire? Um, you know, Eric Mateos was here. Um, when you see the reactions of guys like Travis Swanson and Dan Skipper, who've had and Sebastian Tritola, who've had interactions with him, and Bray Cook, he had a he had a fun podcast the other day with those guys on it. Then you know he's he's. He, he relates well to the players. He obviously knows Brett. Uh, he obviously knows Sam Pittman, having served as a GA here under Brett Bielema. So um, I think I think a popular hire. Um, and they just got to be, you know, they got to be physically stronger um, and just kind of more of a cohesive unit. I feel like he'll help in that regard. I just saw they're bringing in um, a linebacker from Middle Tennessee. Is that a priority linebacker now? With all the defections? Well, absolutely. When you've lost Paul and you've lost Jordan Crook, and I think they really, really would like to have Jaheim Thomas back. And uh, obviously Brad Spence was a huge a huge uh, true freshman last year that you know he'll, his playing time will go up. And they've got to, you know, they've got to groom up the guys that are, um, you know, on the roster, the Caden Henleys and the Carson Dean and some of the other younger guys. They've got to get them to where they can contribute. Um, as well as hit the portal. But, yeah, I, I would say linebacker is a priority. Um, the defense was good, right? Football was a second-leading tackler, right? Arkansas is apparently yeah. ramping up their money, right? Why does he All leave? Those are, yep. Why did Poopaw leave? Yeah. Um, yep. You know, his, his dad had a tweet, and I, I think some people were saying, yeah, this is about NIL money, and his dad – uh, said, no, that's not it. He didn't say why. But Jordan Crook's dad um, talked about how his position coaches, w- w- which would have been um, obviously uh, M- Michael Shearer last year and then Travis Williams this year, talked about his strong points, being a warrior and all that. And then his playing time maybe didn't correspond with the coach's public comments. 
about how how much he would contribute. So I think I think in Jordan Crook's instance, it was about uh, a playing time. Um, now I would also point out that he was on the field and hadn't been on it very long. I don't think in the BYU game when they did that double pass, um, and it was his you know his position, his his guy who leaked out of the backfield and caught the un- you know unguarded touchdown pass against BYU. It was such a big play in that game. These things happen. You know, guys make certain mistakes. And I think Jordan Crook came along. But, um, you know, you have to build at the position. You had to bring in some transfer help, which they did in Thomas and Antonio Greer. And so I think the players of parents and the players themselves have to understand teams are trying to strengthen their rosters. And it's not all about just who you recruited as a freshman. So I don't know where Jordan Crook will land. I wish him the best. I think he's a good kid. Um, but, yeah, they've got to keep building and um, understanding that the freshmen have to build up as well. I just don't understand the poo deal, unless it was something he he had a conflict personality-wise. Because if there was a money priority for Arkansas, I would think that he would be one of the top money priorities as a second-leading tackle on the team last year. Uh, hey, jo- Justin, I agree with you. Um, I hate it because I think Pooh Paul, uh, first of all, I thought he was going to be selected as a team captain, and it was surprising, quite honestly, that – um, Trajan Jeffcoat and Landon Jackson were the two defensive captains, and Pooh Paul was not. Uh, the way he talks, I mean, you, you could tell he's the coach's son. Uh, he cared about the program. He cares about mm-hmm. his teammates. So I don't know. It was something internally that we don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that was all part of it. All right. Well, how about the positive news is that Jackson's coming back? And I'm not going to say I was shocked, but I was surprised. I mean, I thought he would definitely test the NFL waters and take a crack at the pros. Um, and I guess he can you know, improve his draft stock by coming back and playing well again this next year. But that was a huge score, I thought. And, I mean, everybody knows that. It was a huge score for Arkansas to get him back. Absolutely it was. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of guys. Football would have been in that that, you you know, that I think you really would would have wanted back. And Landon Jackson was clearly way up there with 6.5 sacks. He did get three of them against Alabama. Um, and I think it was that game that you're like, okay, you know, a lot of scouts, a lot of eyes on that Alabama game. Uh, maybe that was the moment that he's like, okay, I'm going to use this. But, hey, it's a huge deal for them. Um, a, I'm sure I hope his NIL money is going to be good for him, and um, and then he can improve his stock. And he's a great guy to build your defensive line around, quite honestly. I would like to see the entire defensive coaching staff come back intact. I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, Landon Jackson is a great building block for you know where they want to be you know, from after make, making major strides on defense last year. Tom, we got a big basketball game tomorrow. I think this is a, a great opportunity for Arkansas, not only for the net rankings, but just to, to get back and beat a rank, another ranked team. But um, probably no Trevin Brazil, uh, I'm guessing, with the uh, sprained ankle. How do you think they replace him? Well, um, it's hard to replace what, what all he could do, starting with his three-point shooting, but also he's the team's leading rebounder. I think it's 7.8 per game. And he was in there getting tough traffic rebounds in some, some of these games this year. Um, I would not want to play him simply because let's just let his heel, his uh, ankle heal. Um, they beat Duke without Tremont Mark, which is a big deal. I don't understand their net ranking. The fact that you played Duke and North Carolina already, and in Stanford they might be down some. But I, I guess it's based on some of the other non-conference games. But, I mean, Furman's quality team old dominion i think is going to do very well in their conference so don't understand it you could tell it really rankled 
Eric Musselman when he was asked about it. Uh, they're one like 116 or 114, and there's a lot of SEC teams that are a lot lower. And you can only help yourself so much when you start playing in conference because all those other teams are playing the same schedule you are. So I don't get it. It's, it's frustrating um, for him. And, I, and uh, so OU is sitting about 14th or 16th in the net, and it's a huge opportunity. If you win this one, you move up you know, substantially. Uh, but it's going to be tough. They're a great offensive rebounding team. I've been doing some studying up on them. They've been crushing people, too. They only have two games out of their 8-0 start that were less than uh, 20-point margin. And one of them was Iowa and the other one USC. So, uh, yeah, it would be a huge win if, if Arkansas could get this one. Are you on the uh, volleyball bandwagon yet? If I had ESPNU or whatever, I will try to find it tomorrow. I wish there was a radio broadcast on it. It's not, but it, I'm sure there's not. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I keep up with this stuff, and um, it's been a ba- big turnaround. They're the only SEC team remaining, um, and you can make that uh, case on several sports, including men's basketball in recent years. So, yeah, Jason Watson's done a phenomenal job building that program up from what he inherited. I will put uh, calling volleyball in the same boat as hockey Ooh. and horse racing. I don't know that I could do it as much play-by-play as I've done. I don't know that I can handle that one. They asked me to do the state championships, and I was like, I don't think I can do that. You know, I'd have just to, to be honest with you. If I, I watch like twenty matches and listen to the play-by-play, like how do you even do it? Yeah, I could probably make it work, but it wouldn't be very good, <laughs> I don't think. But it is quick, and that's the thing. I think I like the speed of it. It would be fun. It's very entertaining. So, anyway, Tom, we'll let you go, buddy. I appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck, fun on the volleyball, and uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Have a great weekend.